0: The entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100k milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100k away. Today, my featured guest is Bill Woolsey, and he is the president and founder of 5-2 Network, a network that equips Christian entrepreneurs to launch a variety of sustainable startups that reach people for Jesus. Now, if you are not of the Christian faith, it's okay. You're still going to learn. You're still going to grow from today's show if you stay and listen. So, would you be open minded already? Like, pursue truth wherever it leads you, just if it, even if it comes with a different label. Now, if you are a Christian entrepreneur, then you're going to love Bill because he's also a pastor for 30 years. Long time. (laughs) <laughs> a long time, right? But he's a business guy as well. He's an entrepreneur himself, so he's going to teach us some of the, uh, you know, the the strategies he's used to really do well in business. Um, And then also the faith strategies. So not just entrepreneurial, but faith strategies where he's able to bring God and his faith into his business. He's not split down the middle, living this bipolar existence that some of you do startup nation. I used to do it now over the past decade, Bill and his team have been able to produce new and renewed churches, homeless shelters mobile medical clinics, mobile food ministries to undeserved, uh, underserved communities, uh, sports ministries, preschool, single mother's groups, recovery ministries, and coffee shops, all of them loving their communities in incredible ways. So what we're talking about really here is Start Nation, don't just go and chase all the money. That's good. Make the money. It's fantastic. That's what I teach you every week how to do, right? I bring on these top you know, uh, uh, experts, business experts to teach you how to make the money. But why are you making the money? Your heart must be connected in your business. Are you looking to serve people? Are you looking to help? Are you looking to serve your God, your maker, your creator? Like Connect that all together. Don't just do it for the money because the money always runs dry. And you end up alone, miserable, and divorced is <laughs> what I see so often. And it's sad. I was on that track as well. So, Bill, welcome to your first 100K Top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and take 30 seconds, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, and then we'll get into your story.
1: Uh, Joseph, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, so I've been a pastor over 30 years and have always been the guy who was starting stuff in churches. And then it culminated, it led to. My family and I launching a very fast-growing multi-site church, seven families to 1,600 families across three locations, West Houston. And so I've just had all this journey of uh, how do you build momentum, how do you reach new people, and then how do you make those things sustainable? Uh, so that, that's been my life, all wrapped in this pastor label with faith, family, lots of fun, but lots of challenges at the same time. So, and I started leading this network. We launched it in 09 and in 2015, I left full-time pastoring ministry in the congregation and started leading this full-time. So now I get to live through others and uh, just the joy and the excitement of that.
0: That's awesome. Now I suspect that there's a lot of crossover uh, between uh, going out and starting a new church um, as opposed, opposed, or similar to going out and starting a new business, it's the Definitely. same type of strategies you're employing, right? You got to right. know who's your ideal client, right? Or your ideal congregation. What are their their pain? What is, what are their problems that you're looking to solve? What are the solutions that you have for them? And then how do you reach them? Where do you find them? Where do they hang out? Is that about right? Yep. Say,
1: Saint, Saint God created the whole world, right? And so he, you know, he he did it like we're going to make things work different here than over here. You know, he was kind of like, let's make it where everything works the same. Uh, and, and really the only thing that church has that the world doesn't is that's forgiveness and grace, everything else it's works the same. So we, uh, we stumbled into all those things that I've started over the years in ministry. We stumbled into that, not really knowing anything about lean business startups and, you know, business model canvas approach, which is what we teach now, but we did all that stuff. Uh, and and so when we launched Crosspoint, we approached it though as a business. That was my whole philosophy. We launched it with a, a large staff to begin with. We had a line of credit. We you know really approached on how are we going to scale this thing, what do we need to do to to, to tackle it, uh, and yes, uh, your you mentioned about the customer, that's where everything uh, rises or falls. You know, and and we have a phrase in our network: you can't reach someone you hate. And so a lot of times, you know, especially faith based people, they're like, uh, I want to give you a notch in my belt, then I'm moving on. That's, you, you can't do that. People sense that they smell that right away. You need to really love this person you're serving. And when you do, and you're willing to change for their sake, everything else starts falling into place with that. So, uh, so that's yeah, awesome. principles I'm- are the same.
0: Before we get into those principles and strategies for Startup Nation, they got their pen and paper out, they're ready to write and, and just impart some of your wisdom into their lives and their business. Take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: Very few people in my business life actually know. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There was this, there was this phrase when I read that you, you asked questions that you might, if, if we go wherever. So, uh, You know, I, well, one, I think you 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 probably don't know, most people in business life don't know that I'm a Central Texas boy. Uh, Billy Ray was my real name, Uh, is my, I shouldn't say was, it is my real name. Uh, And so I come out of this whole background, even though my ministries have been in what I would call more white collar professional executive, my whole background is out of a very, grandparents were sharecroppers, uh, my parents. My mom was an entrepreneur, real estate, running a business. My dad was a fireman. So I. Most people don't know that about me because uh, they see me only in a professional, kind of training, pastoring capacity. And again, all the ministries that I got to be a part of, were all in this suburbia or executive realm. So I, I would say where I where I gravitate, I just love being with the people that we serve now and they're mom and pops, they're just trying to figure things out, you know, and they have this passion. And so that's really my, one of my huge loves.
0: Uh, That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Let's us get to know you just a little bit on the inside there. All right. So startup nation, how do you grow your business the way a pastor would grow a church? We're speaking with Bill Woolsey, and and Bill is the pastor of a church, and he started really small and then raised it to 1,600 families in three uh, different locations. What if you could do the same thing with your business, employing the same principles that Bill used? So, Bill, we're going to get into that today. Take us through some of those principles and strategies that you used uh, to take this to launch your first church, and then uh, duplicate it three times over, um, and really scale it into uh, you know a large venture.
1: I think that one of the most fundamental ones, Joseph, has to do uh, with with understanding your values and how you're wired. Then understanding the person you're trying to reach or your customer and what their particular values are. And then thirdly, deciding which of theirs you're going to embrace, which means you're going to let go of something. So most people can only really manage and and hold dear four to six core values that's driving them. Your values answer the why question, why you do what you do? Why did you get up this morning and tackle, you know, a podcast for instance. So those they're, they're what they're what drive you. And if you're really wanting to take your idea, your business and move it out and scale this thing up, A, who is this person that's for? Uh, obviously if it's for you, if you're the ideal customer, we work with a lot of people that yeah, they're the ideal customer and they have it easier, you might say, because they kind of know what that's like. But a lot of us don't we have an idea or something then you have to understand who is that person for or who's this for and they're going to love certain things in life they are living their life a certain way and if i don't embrace some of those values with my behaviors whether it's a music style or it's a particular moral issues or whatever it may be or their economic issues there's safety issues there are education issues whatever it is if i don't embrace those and really demonstrate to them through story through living that i share those values then there's a there's a there's a gap okay but as soon as as they sense that i'm like them in behaviors and likes now there's a trust built and once that trust happens now we can start moving this relationship forward and or moving the business forward whatever it is you're you're looking at
0: can you give us some examples of your specific uh values when you started out you identified your values then you learned your customers values or your congregation's values and then you were willing to change based on meeting them where they're at could you like give us the specific examples like for example joseph all right these were my values and then this is what i learned about my future congregation that i was trying to attract and then here's what i needed to change in myself
1: yeah so definitely uh, in, in my particular denomination, okay, I come out of a denomination that is a high liturgical denomination. So I, I'm Lutheran, you know, you have, you have the Broken Catholic Podcast, so, so you, you get some of that. Well, I was raised in an uber high liturgical worship setting. Yeah, uh, and But when we started the ministries that I started, some of them were subsets of congregations, then, then we had the full-blown congregational start the reality is the people that we felt compelled to reach didn't grow up in that. Right. They didn't, they didn't have the label Lutheran. Matter of fact, through our studies, we realized that if we put a Lutheran on our church, most of the, most of the people would say, well, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one value right away was I had to be okay with letting go of that label from an external standpoint, even though I've been raised Lutheran, I was born, bred Lutheran, My whole all, multi-generations for the sake of communicating with this individual. The bigger issue, though, was a whole worship expression. So I still love, uh, I call it, I go get my liturgical fix every now and then. I really, I I do. I like the pop and circumstance. There's some some things in my history that I can fall back on and I enjoy. But we realized right away that the guy we were trying to reach, and we called him lawnmower dad, because he'd rather mow his lawn on Sunday morning than go to church. Mm. So we realized that just was not him at all. Uh, he didn't enjoy that. He wanted to wear shorts at church. He didn't want the smells and bells. He, he really was a, was a classic rock guy in our neck of the woods. Uh, he was an engineer. There was a whole profile that we had on him and we knew about him and his family and his kids. And we also, you we know, struggled with parenting. And I have a very high value on parenting. Okay. And so I was actually raised in, well in, in parenting and I had good models. So we had to decide, is it is it okay that that uh, some of the things we think are dear, they're not gonna have coming, he's not gonna have coming right in. All right. And he's gonna love certain things that I just had not ever really thought about. I'm not a big hunter guy, you know, but boy, West in West Houston, <laughs> everybody had a gun kind of thing. So so the music style, the worship style, the another thing you, you, you could probably relate to this raised in the setting I was raised in. You didn't laugh in church. I mean, you might smirk, but you didn't roll, you know. Well, we learned early on that humor was a wonderful way for his heart to be to, to come open. And so we really actually our team, our leadership team had struggles on how much are we going to incorporate humor into our Sunday morning worship? And so we really created this, this wonderful expression of faith, but it was designed in such a way that was very approachable and it was his values. We let his values dictate it, family, fun, faith making sense, he was an engineer, it had to be logical, couldn't just be mumbo jumbo. All those things that we discovered that were not innately part of me at that point, I would say to you there are more now because I lived in that sphere for t- two decades. So those are some examples.
0: So. For Startup Nation, I'm guessing they're asking the same question I'm asking right now. And that is, well, wouldn't it be easier not to pick Lawnmower Dad as your ideal client if you're not Lawnmower Dad yourself? Like, why did you choose Lawnmower Dad rather than uh, a version or avatar of yourself?
1: Because at that point, point in this was in Katy, Texas, lot, you could throw a rock and hit 100 Lawnmower Dads. Okay, you couldn't throw a rock and hit a hundred Bill Woolseys. And at the same time, our goal, uh, this again goes to defining your customer, our goal was to reach people who did not have a local church and did not have uh, an outward relationship with Jesus. okay? So that was that was our, our customer. And in that particular neck of the woods, this was who was most prominently living there. This is why when we work with churches or ministries and they're, they're in a geographical location first question is, so who the heck's living around you? You know, who's here and you've got to decide you're going to try to reach them. Are you designing something for them? Are you going to need to go find new people, which means you may need to go non-geographical or need to relocate or whatever it is. So your startup nation. Uh, Yes. uh, We work with a number of people who were embedded in that particular customer people group. And they, they know them, they, they sleep, they drink, and they are them. But, If you're trying to start something that's more localized, then the issue becomes uh, who are the people that are around you and are you willing to start something for them or are you going to go find new
0: groups? So. So Bill, on many podcasts, they talk about identifying your ideal client, And what I see over and over again is they don't really explain how to do that. How do you get that that profile? How do you create that avatar? What did you, you and your team do um, specifically? Where did you go specifically to create that profile of Lawnmower Dad is who lives around us?
1: Right. So what we did, we literally spent, uh, you have to understand from the time that I landed, my family and I moved, we, we landed in January of 97. Okay. We did not quote unquote, we did a, we did a, a makeshift launch in fall of 97. We didn't go big and launch for almost 18 months after I landed. So that period in that time, you know, people look back, and go, how the heck did you do that? Well, first of all, I had nine years of experience and then, then we had all these things come together and then it took us another 18 months to two years to get the thing. So, uh, what we did was we just went to places all over. I mean, we went to where people were, soccer fields and bars and restaurants, and really became the expert on the local culture. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, some of those families, those, some of those uh, six other families that helped us launch, they already lived there, but some of them were very embedded in the Lutheran culture. And we we're like, no, 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 you know? So we went, we would go on on what we called field trips, and we would just go on field trips and see people and get to meet people and understand who was there and what was there and what was, what were their lives like and what were their rhythms? What type of
0: questions uh, did you ask them in order to discover who they are and and what they stand for and what they value? Like you, you show up at a soccer game, like you walk over to this dad, how do you start that conversation? And I'm only asking because startup nation, they don't know how to find this information.
1: Well, first of all, you, you, I'm not a big salesman. So I'm not gonna like, you know, uh, you know, force myself on you. But my kids played soccer, right? Mm -hmm. So hey, I'm sitting right next to you, your kids are playing soccer, I'm playing soccer. And then the conversations are very uh, questions about you that are, if possible, if you can get to why Questions, that's where you really understand the depth, but they're superficial at first. Like, hey, you know, what's your name? How long you lived here? What do you do for a living? Uh, you know, why did you choose this? Again, whys are powerful questions. Why did you choose this soccer team? What do you like about the coach? Because that's where you start to get to really understand people. So the questions we used were always open ended, they were introductory first, but then they tried to get to understanding the reason they were making decisions or they were choosing whatever they chose in life. And eventually, we'd get to a question if we could. Now again, not not forcing it right away, but the question we would always ask is: Are you actively involved in a local church? So we didn't. We never asked, "Are you Christian?" We didn't ask, "Do you belong to a church?" We asked, "Are you actively involved?" Hmm. Because that's where we could start to see some behaviors. Uh, so you know, th- those are the types of questions that we would ask. Again, you're building relationship. You're and by asking questions. You're saying to the person, "Hey, I'm really interested in you," and and you can always tell if it's working if they ask you questions about yourself, uh, because now all of a sudden they're leaning in and they're kind of going, "Oh, well, yeah." Uh, you know, so tell me about you. And now all of a sudden there's there's a bond that's kind of that's kind of happening.
0: All right, startup nation. I hope you're writing notes right now and you're formulating your own questions to really understand your client type. Uh, what's important to them, um, and asking them those why questions. Like, why are you part of a church? Why are you not part of a church? Like, why do you, uh, look, why are you looking for this type of solution to this type of problem? Or why do you have five kids? Or why do you only have two kids? Or what's your, your belief systems around having kids, et cetera? Those are just some random examples, but really get clear on your client uh, and customer and what's going on in their head, what's driving them. Go ahead.
1: You know, you know, Joseph. What are the when we work with organizations and they're trying to figure out what their values are in that organization, and and what they're not just the leaderships or the the core, but what are the constituencies' values? Because that's where you can really gain some good knowledge. The one question we always ask, and it's frankly you can deduce a lot from it, is what do you love about this place, or what do you love about this X? Okay, because as soon as you discover what they love about it, that's what they, they chose. And they may answer it negatively. I love the fact that it doesn't, da, da 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 da. Okay, but you're trying to really get that because then you can take that. So, for instance, five years after we had started Crosspoint, a good friend of mine was huge in branding and he said, We need to sit down now and, and find out what it is you started. Because that's what happens when an entrepreneur starts something. They go a few years in, they think they started A, they really started Z. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you self discover that, when you sit down and go, okay, what did we start? What we discovered was that we started a community church. We were. We were Crosspoint Church, but it was Crosspoint Community Church. Matter of fact, we were the premier community church in Katy, to the extent that when our staff would go to other staff meetings with other churches, they'd say, where do you come from? Well, we come from Crosspoint. Oh, that's the church I send my non-church friends to. So we were known as the place that would welcome with open arms people who had no clue, at anything to do with Jesus, but their families were hurting or their businesses were struggling or whatever it was. What we also did, though, we did this question of the congregation. What do you love about this place? And that's where we got the four core values that we discovered we had that we didn't start out intending to have those. And that was my family has fun here. Christianity makes sense here. My friends are here. And I feel God's spirit here. So Mm -hmm. those things came out of that simple question. Okay, of what do you love about this place? And I would say to you, if you're, if you're listening today and you're saying, you know, trying to make my first 100K, uh, this is why values are so critical because people join organizations, they sign up. They wanna be a part of you because of your values, your cause, right? We know today that in our country, uh, especially after, after faith, uh, organizations of faith were basically told over the last year that they're not essential. But people are very, they're very spiritual, everybody's spiritual, and they're very in love with community and cause, community and cause. So when you start your business, and you can, you can tie into that cause, what's the cause of your business? And how are you benefiting the community? See, people live local, they don't, they may interact on the web, they may game on the web, but they're still living local. That's where you need to pay attention in your business.
0: So for you, Startup Nation, what I'm hearing Bill say is the, one of the best questions you can ask your previous clients, your previous customers is, what do you love about me? Or what do you love about my product? What do you love about my service? And then sit there and take notes. And they're going to give you, if you ask multiple people, they're going to give you your top three benefits or your top three selling points. And now you just take those in their, their pour language, gas not yours, <laughs> pour gas on them, ignite those suckers and and start just posting them everywhere. Here's what you get when you work with me. Here's what I offer. Here's yeah. what's going to change in your life. And you're putting it in the language that your clients put it, not in your language. That's very important. Anything you want to add to that, Bill?
1: A- a- amen to that. Uh, you may, as you ask those questions. Now, it doesn't mean you never ask. What did you not like? We we always ask that, but we would lead with what you love because it it helps people feel they're not threatening you. The they're they're not criticizing you in that. They're actually affirming you. People feel good about that. And then you follow up with, "Well, what did you not love?" You know, because now you've you've shown them you can listen, mm-hmm. and now you'll hopefully get more truth uh, to that question than you typically will. So usually it's going to be a flip-flop of things, right? I love A, but I, I didn't love the opposite of A. So, but that'll give you some more information as well. Yes, put it in their language. You're using their words. That's why in our process, when we work helping you turn idea to concept, we have a testing phase. You know, you find eight people that are your core customer. You're going to inter- you're going to show them what you have and let them react to it. Those eight people, it's all it takes is eight that will then allow you to really understand what they're valuing and what's helping them, not you in their language.
0: So why is eight a uh, big enough sample size?
1: You know, I, I, uh, all I know is that through studies, it is, I couldn't tell you why. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> we, we actually started out, we wanted you to do about 50. And as we worked more and more with the business model canvas approach and really read more yes. on that, you don't need it. Matter of fact, we just went through this process earlier this year in our network, eight people, Eight profiled core clients, core customers really listen and you iterate as you're listening. And as you get the feedback, you have to be willing, again, let go of your stuff and embrace theirs, iterate that, all it takes is eight.
0: That's so powerful, Startup Nation. And Bill, I don't know if you know this, but Business Model Canvas written by Dr. Alex Osterwalder. Um, I had the privilege to be one of the 470 contributing co-authors to that book that became that- strategizer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that was quite an experience how he did that. Uh, He planned his entire book launch um, and got us to be this, the initial sales force for his book <laughs> that then became a bestseller because we co-authored it with him and he allowed us to. So of course we're going to promote it, right? It's, it's just that what's in it for me thing. And it, it went on to become you know, an industry leader. Um, yeah. So Startup Nation, if you haven't checked out Business Model Canvas, uh, that's a great book um, that Bill is referring to throughout this episode. So Bill, uh, let me ask you this. What is the main thing you want to say to the Christian entrepreneurs listening right now mm-hmm. um, and all entrepreneurs listening right now in Startup Nation, whether they're faith-based or not? Um, what do you, What do we leave out? What do we not tell them yet uh, that can really move them one step closer uh, to, towards that financial goal, towards that cause, that impact goal of what they're creating in the world right now?
1: Yeah, so the number one thing we encounter with individuals uh, of, of all walks of life and all uh, spiritualities is the, the oppressive role that fear plays in their life. And so we, we marry that with fear and clarity, all right? Generally speaking, when your clarity increases, your fear decreases and vice versa. 100%. Now, and, and so, but at the same time, not all fear is bad. Uh, you know, if you're afraid you're going to lose the house uh, on this venture, you really ought to talk to your spouse before you do the venture, right? And so it's really discerning which fears are, are valid and which fears are, are hybrid and mutant because they're rooted in validity, but they have taken on a life of their own. And for you to distinguish that as a starter, as an entrepreneur, or as a, someone who's trying to scale... So to take those fears, articulate them, put them on a sticky sheet on the wall, put them on a whiteboard where they're in front of you, make the covert overt. I can't say enough to how powerful that is when you will address the fear head on. You know, Paul mm-hmm. tells us in 2 Timothy one, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and of self-control. And those, that's what I would just say to all of you who are listening today. Don't let fear unnecessarily shut you down or keep you from moving forward uh, as
0: God wants you to move. That's awesome. Startup Nation, I would add one little thing to that because I think that's so valuable what Bill's bringing up. uh, Grab a sheet of paper and just draw a line down the middle. And on one side, put rational fear. And then on the other, put irrational fear. And as you address each fear that is coming up in your life, pick a side. Is this a rational fear? Like... Hey, we can lose my house, our house, if we, you know, we jump on board with this. Or is it an irrational fear? Um, you know, like uh, nobody's going to love me if I fail. As, as an example, and really just see how many of those fears you're dealing with fall on the irrational side, and then choose in a moment to let them go or to surrender them up, and to not carry them and let them limit you, so that you lean in and you go for it. We're speaking with Bill Woosley. Uh, he's a senior pastor. Uh, he's got an uh, amazing thing he does just helping uh, Christian entrepreneurs like yourself, um, equipping you to launch a variety of uh, startups um, and to reach people, uh, you know, and, and to help people, to serve people in the world. And obviously, that's what you're up to, Startup Nation. You're a good person uh, and you have a big heart and you want to serve others, but sometimes you can't get out of your own way. Sometimes you can't get out of your own fear and and really just lean in and go full throttle ahead with clarity and certainty in what you're being called to do. So if you've really connected with Bill in some way, then uh, definitely reach out to him and we'll give you his contact information just in a few minutes. All right, Bill. So we're at the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick five questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Question number one, what is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur, even though you're a pastor and you're in the faith space?
1: I love the I love the challenge and the uh, trying to figure out how to build momentum. Love it.
0: Got it. What is your least favorite thing?
1: Uh, sleepless nights
0: in certain seasons. <laughs> yeah, I get that too. What are you most afraid of?
1: That that I define my future rather than being okay with Jesus defining my future.
0: Hmm. So what I heard you say is you're a little control freak, just like me and the rest of us.
1: Uh, You you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a, you're like a mega control freak. (laughs) Matter of fact, Harvard did a great study on the successful entrepreneurs and the leader, the difference. One of those was you want to control it from start to finish. Yeah.
0: So for for you, Startup Nation, uh, being a little control freak uh, could take you very far in business, but it can destroy your home life. So choose wisely. Uh, Bill, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life, which is part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally?
1: Uh, COVID really shifted our whole business model and our network. We were doing all all of our training was face-to-face. We've now converted it all to online. But just because you have it online, Uh, that's a distribution issue, doesn't mean you can sell it well online. That's a sales issue. So uh, just understanding that for us. And as we move through it, God's been fantastic. But that's our struggle. So we're kind of starting, not starting over, but we're starting a new way. And I just didn't anticipate having to do that this year.
0: Thank you for such an honest answer. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year?
1: Oh, I don't know that I, I don't know that I would say I spent something way too, I live out and I live outside of Austin in the country. uh, And so I, I have gorgeous hill country views and I would say it in a positive way. I spent way too much time just reflecting and meditating and looking at creation. So it's been lovely from
0: that standpoint. That's an awesome use of time. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: I, I don't. I don't know. I tend to trust people. Uh, I, not tend to trust. I, I many people would say I trust them too soon. Mm. So I trust you until you prove unworthy of my trust. And that has has bit me at times. But at the same time, I feel that's that's what God calls me to. And so that's that's really my mode of operating. Uh, my wife would say I I, i'm I'm not the best at hiring people because I'm so optimistic I believe you can do it, and sometimes I believe you can do it more than you believe you can do it, and that doesn't work out at times.
0: <laughs> I can relate a lot what do you what do you wish you had learned sooner in business
1: uh to to pay attention from day one to the money. So as a pastor, oftentimes you kind of I'll see you in first person. I would say, oh well that's you know that's the board they can worry about it or, or whatever it is. So money's not the mission, but where there's no money, there's no mission, all right? And, and especially in startup situations, cash is king. Uh, so I wish I would have, uh, probably. it probably wasn't until maybe 12 years into my ministry, all total, and I started Crosspoint nine years in. So somewhere around 12, 15 years in that I finally came to reality, I've got to pay attention to the money. If I don't pay attention to the money, somebody else will, and, and then it's probably going to go sideways. So- I would just say that. I wish I would have known that from the very beginning.
0: That's awesome. And Startup Nation, just for you, when you're starting out a business, cash is king. Bill is right. Focus most of your time on revenue-producing tasks. Revenue-producing tasks. Uh, everything else is avoidance, in my opinion. Uh, what is the new habit you want to create, Bill?
1: Uh. You know, I have to say, I'm 60. Okay, so I I have lots of habits. Uh, And uh, probably a habit I'm trying to get rid of. Well, so one habit I am looking to create where empty nesters, I try to play golf once to twice, if I could three times a week. I like to play by myself. And I know people go, who do you play with? No, I, I can go out and play 18 holes in about two and a half hours. It's incredibly relaxing for me. I don't listen to music. I don't do anything. And so that habit of doing something competitive, because I'm very competitive, I'm playing against the course and I'm trying to get better, but it's a quiet time. It's a beautiful setting. That right there is something I would love to do more regularly, but leading a network doesn't always allow it.
0: Got it. And what's the bad habit you want to break? Uh,
1: It goes back to a worrying and waking up worrying, or uh, you know, throughout the day projecting uh, negativity, negative negative thoughts, or projecting. uh, You know, the the I've always been optimistic, and uh, and so whenever I I feel that that negativity coming in, I'm I'm working hard. Through through scripture and through other practices to
0: say no to that. That's awesome. Take captive every thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: Uh, fun, serious, and family.
0: Nice. Who knew you could be fun and serious at the same time? Who knew? Pick three words to describe who you are. Who you were your first year in business.
1: Mm, gosh, uh, ignorant. Optimistic, Uh, I guess ignorant and clueless would go together. Uh, External. I mean, I'm always very externally focused. So,
0: got it. And last question if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything life, death, business, relationships, all of it. What would you say to them?
1: Enjoy the journey. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm the kind of guy that wants to get to the destination. And sometimes when you're like that, you tend to not enjoy the journey. You just want to get to the point. And, and that is, I guess, going back to your question of a bad habit, is really just breathing and enjoying the journey, even if it's full of junk. Uh, it's It's yeah. some reason God said, it's okay that it's full of junk. So enjoy it.
0: I get that as well. Being present in the journey as it's happening, not rushing to the finish line, but enjoying the run, so to speak, definitely a challenge. Any final wisdom? What is the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first six figures this year?
1: Uh, it's it's ultimately about relationship and the relationships you have in your home. You know, it, so Where's your stables? Where's your stable place? And are those relationships, are you paying enough attention there and are you investing in them so that that's kind of your safe, that's where you re-energize, regroup? But then secondly, the relationships of the person you're serving or selling to, uh, how are you nurturing those relationships where they truly believe that you care for them, you love them, you're not just using them? Mm. That would be my word to you.
0: This is a bonus question here. What is the number one habit you do um, to stay in relationship with your customers even after the sale is long gone?
1: Oh, uh, it's just regularly to... I, actually, I really enjoy, and probably why I do it is I text. So if, if I... Now, now I'm talking there. If, I, if, if you were a client of ours and it was more peripheral then it's going to be email and I write a daily devotion five days a week. And so we include you on in that. And, and my devotions are two minute; We call it two minute multiplier. So you can get a picture of my life because I'm just writing about stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's one way we stay in touch with you. But then if it's more of a personal or we've worked with you in a team, we've helped you launch successfully, it's through texting and checking in. And uh, again, as a person of faith, it, and my wife taught me this years ago when God brings a name to my mind, I immediately reach out to that person. So I'll I'll usually text them, hey, just God brought you to mind, wondering how's it going? And the number of times that they've gone, this is scary, crazy, you know, I'm da-da-da-da. So I would just say I use a method that I'd like to communicate with in that way. And then if for some reason I don't get the reply back, then I'll try another channel, but that's how I stay in
0: touch. That's awesome. Thank you for that. What's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you? What do you have for them? Uh, You're working on some stuff. You have some free stuff for them. What do you got?
1: Yeah, so uh, if you're if you're looking at trying to build momentum quickly, quickly get out of the gate, get get some traction, we have a little mini course. You can go to five two dot com. Actually, I'm sorry. You can go to startnewtraining.com. So start new training, all one word, startnewtraining.com dot com backslash mini course m i n i c o u uh, r s e. That's a that's a real simple course for you to just kind of get you. It's a video course to get you moving. Uh, if you're also, then if you're a person that said, Hey, I, I have this idea for a long time. I'm passionate about a people group or passionate about an idea, but I really don't know what to do with it. Uh, you can go to startnewtrain.com and check out our, our training platform there. So we'd love to work with you. We'd love to help you turn your idea into reality, especially so that it makes an eternal difference.
0: Bill, thank you for being on your first 100 K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir.
1: Thank you so much, Joseph, and the same to you. Thank you for having me. It's it's been a lot of fun. Thank you.
0: Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things. You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do to see if you're ready are you ready to do what it takes some people try to come to me but they're not ready to be coachable they're not ready to get rid of the problems again if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them go to josephwarren.net and let's see if i'm your guy